Hello and welcome to The Graveyard Shift, the weekly horror podcast where we take listener or guest-suggested movies and break them down into the good, the bad, and anything else we find fun and or relevant. My name is Mike, and I never work the graveyard shift alone. Please say hello to the mother that would definitely have fucked up the dog before this mother did, Heather Silman. Hey guys, it's Heather Silman with Wednesday Wine and Horror, and you're absolutely right. I would have stabbed that dog way before. Well, in case you're wondering what dog we're talking about, today's episode is Don't Fuck With Bats, because we watched Cujo. Woof, woof. (laughs) Directed by Louis Teague, produced by Robert Singer and Daniel H. Blatt, based on a screenplay by Don Carlos Dunaway, and based on Cujo by Stephen King, with music by Charles Bernstein and cinematography by Jan DeBont. Edited by Neil Travis. Released August 12th, 1983 with a runtime of 93 minutes. This had a budget of $8 million and a box office of $21 million. Starring Dee Wallace as Donna Trenton. Danny Pintaro as Tad Trenton. Daniel H. Daniel Hugh Kelly as Vic Trenton. Christopher Stone as Steve Kemp. Ed Lauder as Joe Camber. Kailani Lee as Charity Camber, Billy Jane as Britt Camber, uh, Mills Watson as Gary Pervier, which seems like the most sophisticated type of pervert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sandy Ward as Bannerman and Jerry Hardin as Mason. So, a little bit about how this movie was received. Uh, the reviews from the critics were mixed. The Janet Maslin of the New York Times wrote that the film was by no means a horror classic, but it is suspenseful and scary. Uh, Variety panned it as a dull, uneventful entry in the horror genre, devoid of surprises or any suspense. Gene Siskel gave it one star out of four, calling it the dumbest, flimsiest excuse for a movie I've ever seen. Uh, Roger Ebert called it dreadful. And Linda Gross of the Los Angeles Times wrote, No theater is air-conditioned enough to justify watching this scary, gory, and beastly movie. Well, it sounds <laughs> oh like God. she's complimenting it. A little bit, yeah. And uh, the Rotten Tomatoes site has a 63% approval rating. Saying that Cujo is artless work punctuated with moments of high canine gore and one wild D. Wallace performance. <laughs> we'll start with the goods. And we start with me. This is a great opening title with blood swirling a drain with a blood red font for the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What's your first good? All right. So, D. Wallace Stone, because I said this last time, and I know that you guys, you know, when me, you, and Eric did our podcast, it was like, oh my God. But seriously, at the beginning, You know, I thought she was being a really comforting mother when Tad was having his little freak out about the monster in his closet. This is me. I thought she was a pretty good mom, right? Me, I'd be like, go the hell, go the fucking hell to bed, kids. Like, what the fuck are you doing? There's no monsters. Look, go to bed. Like me, I hate being woken up. (laughs) Let the monsters eat your ass. Go to bed. But I like that about her, so... Yeah, mother of the year, at least in the start. Yes. Uh, my next good is, again, for the beginning, the kid. Like, he seems, like, really cute and adorable mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. he's doing the Jaws thing. 
at the yeah. dinner table with his hand. That was fucking sweet. Mm-hmm. I I was down for this kid, at least in the beginning. He was <laughs> he was he was growing on me. He yeah he was he was okay yeah I mean you know he was also in Who's the Boss so <laughs> just saying. Well. Yeah, he was uh, Jonathan. I think that was his name in Who's the Boss. I didn't watch that show a whole lot, but um, I, I just... I was too young to watch it at the time. Well, it's a stupid show anyway, so you didn't miss <laughs> anything. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> All I know is that Tony Danza was in it, and I kept confusing him with uh, with the guy from Little House on the Prairie. Oh, my God. I mean, Michael Landon? Yes, is that his Michael name? Yeah. <laughs> you look at Tony Danza and Michael Landon, tell me, tell me you can't confuse those two. Uh, I don't... Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see any confusion there, but that's just that's just me. Okay, so what's your next good? All right, so my next good as uh, you know, now we do we do not like him later on in the movie, but we see Ed Lauder and, and you know what? I didn't know how to pronounce his last name. I was like Lauder, Louder. We're gonna go with it, whatever. He's a mechanic, Joe, and I thought it was cool because he did show up as a cameo in the office. Uh, he's in Not Another Teen Movie, Shameless, Talladega Nights, and I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool because I actually really like all those shows that I just listed. Like I think he's a pretty good actor, just not in this movie. This was one of his <laughs> worst movies ever. Is it a worse performance or is it one of the worst characters? Uh, it's one of the worst characters for sure. To me. Absolutely. To me. Because, like, I think he does better on com- comedic type things. Obviously, like, you know, Not Another Teen Movie and Talladega Nights, which is fucking hilarious. So, this one, he was a fucking dick. Let's just put it out there. I mean, Not Another Teen Movie, like, any movie with the word movie in the title automatically tells me like because eh. uh, i tried watching like any of the scary movies like even the first two were kind of eh, like more missed than hits but after every movie afterwards like uh meet the spartans or yeah like scary movie three to five and everything else was just like it's it's like a one at best well, see, I really like the scary movies. I like the like the first one and the second one were really funny to me. Now, when they started getting further into them, like three through five, they're funny, but I really like the first two. And then not another teen movie. You know, they're making fun of all these like fucking 80s teen movies like Pretty in Pink and Breakfast Club. And I don't know. I just I, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, when I saw, I think it was Allison Hannigan in a fat suit dancing to, like, my milkshake. And I'm just like, yes. oh, I'm out. I'm fucking out. I can't do it. Yeah, because I love she's... Willow too much. <laughs> this is, she has yeah. fallen too hard from grace. Yeah, no. I'm, I, she, I, I had, she I had to wait until she was on uh, How I Met Your Mother before I'm just yeah. like, ah, she's home. She came back. She came back. <laughs> <laughs> she was so fat, she bounced from the bottom right? of the barrel. <laughs> For sure. Uh, my next good is about the mother. She dumps her local stud. It, mm. At least, like, as soon as the husband's just like, I want a baby, then she's just like, well, I better fucking get out of this before the baby's born with, like, a beard and a love for the trombone. Oh, God. 
Oh, that fucking trombone. That comes later. That comes later. Jesus Christ, that's so stupid. That's like the most pointless part of the fuck. That is one of the most pointless parts of the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, why did you put it in there? It, I didn't know he was a musician, but okay. It's not relevant. It's, it's absolutely not. It's. I don't think it's part of his career. I think it's just his hobby. I thought his hobby was having having affairs with married women, but okay. Yeah, that's his passion, not his hobby. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what's your next good? All right, again, we're going to go with Dee Wallace, which is her character's name is Donna in the movie. Um, so she comes to the rescue of being a good mom. And, you know, Tad is like, I think he's at school or something. And she picks him up and she sees that he has a scratch on his forehead. And she gives him a kiss to make it better. Look, I'm a mom. But I'll be like, ugh, you got a scratch that's bleeding. I'm not kissing that. Like, love you. Let's put a Band-Aid on it. Neosporin. Yeah, disinfectant. Let, let's you, you fix it. Saliva carries, <laughs> saliva carries pathogens. I don't care if it pleases you. Like you could either get me infected or I could get you infected. It's exactly. an open wound and, <laughs> exactly. you know, mouths are filthy. But I kind of I kind of felt like maybe he got beat up at school, but then his his whole reason for having the scratch on his forehead was that he fell off a swing or something scratched him. And I'm like, mm, no, you were getting picked on because mm, you're a little bitch, kind of. Sorry. He just, he was, he was. And we'll get into that later, but he was. <laughs> uh, my next good is Cujo's. I'm gonna say makeup. He just looks fucking great. He's a scary boy. Wicked. And it, it's it's like as gross and horrifying as he looks. It's also just that sad to see him like losing himself because you know he he started off as a good boy. Yeah. And like he, he like he's still a good boy. He's just in a bad way. Yeah, he was just exploring. That's the thing. Like, he was just being a dog, and he was like, oh, I'm going to chase this rabbit. No, honey, you shouldn't have chased that rabbit. <laughs> like, this is what happens when you're just trying to have fun, right? You get fucked up, and that's what happened to poor Cujo. Yeah, so what's your next good? All right, so my next good is that Joe, who is played by Ed Lauber, 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 whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, the mechanic's wife, right? So they're sitting at the dinner table, they're eating, and she pulls out this piece of paper, which I always thought was kind of weird that she pulled out like a piece of paper, but she won the lottery. And I was excited for her because I like gambling, so I was for that. But then I was excited because I was like, she can get away from him now because he was a <laughs> dick. Like, you know he's a dick. Yeah. Uh, I think she said it was only like like five thousand. Like five thousand. So that's yeah, but that really was eighty three. That was eighty three. Still not enough to start a new life. It is enough it's, to get away from him for a week, though. <laughs> Probably so, but still, like even in eighty three, it was like she could get away, and she was wanting to go visit her sister. So like, did she let's take go. the boy with her? Because I don't, I don't know if I like. Did we ever see them take off, or did she just say, "I'm going to." Go. I want to go to my sister's, and then she's just not there anymore. 
No, I think like at one point, you know, he the car pulls up to the front and I'm pretty sure that she takes Billy with her. I'm calling him Billy. I know that's not his name in the movie. But um, I think she takes him with him because that was the whole point. Like she needed to get her and her son out of there. She wanted to go see mm-hmm. her sister. So hopefully she took him because uh, I never see him again <laughs> from ap- after about the beginning of the movie. Like he's gone. So yeah, that's what I was concerned about. I was just like, wait a second. Is he, is he one of Cujo's silent victims? I don't think so. Cujo didn't really murder a lot of people in this movie. He didn't. No, not too much. Like. Even though mm-hmm. he was very sick, he was still a, he was still about as good a boy as he could be. Mm-hmm. Although, like when I every time I saw him, I was just like he should have been a Rottweiler or something if you want to add a real sense of menace. Because right now he's just like he's like a big fluffy teddy bear. Well, he's like Beethoven, right? So to me, I'm like he's given Beethoven a bad name because that was the same dog they used as Saint Bernard. So it's like Beethoven is like this little mischievous like oh i'm this little puppy that gets into everything but doesn't get rabies but in cujo they have like the most family oriented dog get fucking rabies like why not make it a pit bull or a, uh, any other dog any other dog would have worked i hated that i really did yeah my next good is uh Gary, like the first kill by, that we see by Cujo, because mm-hmm. like he closes the door and you think, yeah, closing a door is a great way to keep an angry dog out. <laughs> Except it would have worked if it was an actual door and not a shitty broken screen held up by tin. Exactly. Like, you get the door you pay for. So his, his fucking cheap ass red nakedness was his own his own undoing. That's right. Fuck him. Fuck Gary. He had to go. He had a mountain of scrap in his yard, and he's just like, you know, I could get selling scrap, but, you know, your fucking house is made of scrap. So, you know what? Fuck you, Gary. Yeah, and fuck, and you know what? Cujo was like, fuck you too, Gary. He didn't give a shit. He got his ass anyway. So, bye. Every time I try to take a nap, you end up smoking those cheap motherfucking cigars. Oh, God. Like, you know, Beethoven had an axe to grind with him. Yeah, fuck every time, I, every time, every time I try to chill out, you're smoking that shit. <laughs> you make my fur stink because it just it just sticks in the air. Oh, fuck you, Gary. Yeah, bye, Gary. <laughs> okay, so what's your next good? All right, so my next good would be that um, Vic, the husband of Donna, who's played by D. Wallace Stone, he finally gets his answer from Donna on the affair. Um, I feel like he deserved the truth, right? He's sitting here wondering, like he knows that something's going on. And she finally tells him like, yeah, I'm fucking your best friend or our best friend. I don't really know where he came in. But there was also a little funny moment in there. It was like right after that scene. Um, So Vic, the dad, he's fixing the car and he starts to like cuss. You know, he's kind of like getting frustrated and Tad comes out, and he basically retracts what he's saying. And that I think that's funny because I think we've all been there with our parents, or especially, like, if your dad worked on anything. It was that whole rule, like, you learn cu- cuss words from your dad. Like, you know, fixing something in the garage or fixing something. It's like, you know, Vic's just trying to fix this piece of shit. Oh, fucking, that fucking car. My God. That was the worst part of this movie, that fucking car. 
Oh, that Pinto. That you, you think <laughs> you, you think the movie would have ended with them backing into Beethoven and then the car explodes. Right? That car needed to explode way before they got to the fucking what would you call it? The mechanic farm? I don't like who has a mechanic shop out in the middle of nowhere? Literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you think you'd want to have a car in places where, you know, if people have a broken car, they'd be able to push it or have it towed in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, you're not like he had a bunch of like old cars in his uh, on the land or whatever, but none of them look like they were ever fixed or being fixed. It's like, what, what are you actually doing here? He's like Gary. He's just collecting a mountain of shit. He's like a hoarder. Oh, God. Yeah. Send A&E out. <laughs> well, they would, but everyone on the farm is gone. Right. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> well, I feel good for the family. I mean, mm-hmm. you come home, the asshole that's like fucking up the family is dead. So he's gone. That's fucking, that's a good time. His asshole yep. friend is also dead, so we won't be coming around the house. That's right. Drinking beer and making a fucking mess in their house. Yep. Fuck him. Staring at the wife because she knows he's staring at her, but you know, so gross. The hubby's friend, and he's not. If he's not upset about it, then you know she won't be able to complain about it to him. She's she's not going to get any support from him. Nope, she sure the fuck isn't. Yep. So now they can start over and get the fuck out of Ass Crack Maine or wherever they are. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where they were at. (laughs) I think they were in the town of Castle Rock. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were. They were. Shit. I should have remembered that. But yeah, they were. But like, I'm not going there. So it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> uh, so uh, was that your good or my my good? That was my good. Uh, my next good is when D. Wallace is just ready to get out and she goes, fuck you, dog. And then mm-hmm. the engine just dies. And, the, and you could just tell the dog's <laughs> thinking, fuck who again? Exactly. I love that part. <laughs> I loved it. I just, it's like the fucking irony. And, well, obviously we know that she's not the best wife ever. So it was like, oh, and this is my thing too. I have to say this. Like she's driving the car off. It finally starts or whatever. But she almost kind of stops it. It's like, why didn't you just keep going? Why did you need to tell the dog to fuck you? Like, just <laughs> fucking speed off and go. At least get yeah. to the end of the driveway. Yeah, as soon as it works, gun it. You don't just, like, stop so you can, like, spin out and z- zing that dog with a one-liner. That, <laughs> that, exactly. It was like, that was just, that was one of those, like, I, I would almost say, like, a what-the-fuck moment, but... It was stupid. It was a pointless, a waste of time, because guess what? <laughs> Your car died on you. That's what you yeah. get. It can't be a what the fuck, because it's, 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 it's too out of left field. It drives yeah. the fucking plot, because it's now the, the reason she's stuck there. Like That's she, right. She, like she, it's not bizarre. It's just fucking dumb. <laughs> she was pretty dumb. I'm just saying. She was pretty dumb in this movie. Oh, yeah. Maybe the D in her name stands for dunce. Or dumbass. <laughs> we don't need the A, just the D. <laughs> so what is your next good? All right. So my next good would be that Joe's wife, the mechanic, Joe, um, and, and the son, they get to go see their sister and they get away from him. 
To me, I was excited. I was like, Joe's a fucking dick. Like, basically, when she's telling him that she won the lottery, she's like, please, let me go see my sister. Like, I got you a present, so give me one. And you can tell there, tell right then and there that there's no appreciation in the marriage. It's like, obviously, he's kind of abusive. He drinks a lot. He's a piece of shit. And she just wants to get away from it. And I don't blame her. Yeah, she's cooking and he like grabs her by the arm. It's like, what the fuck? She's about to feed you, man. She's like, not making yeah. a, she's not making a fire. Like, just don't be a fucking it's like hey, Stephen King can asshole. only write Stephen King can only write abusive men and rapists. Like that's Well, he was an alcoholic, you know, back back then. He was really bad alcoholic. So he basically and a it, Okay, exactly. But he also, little fun fact, if you don't mind, he also did not remember when he wrote the novel for this, for, for Cujo, he didn't even remember writing this. That's how bad he was in alcoholism. Like, that, that, that he was, was bad. also with Maximum Overdrive. He didn't even remember directing Mm-mm. it. Mm-mm. He's just he, like, was, he, he just woke up a few months later, and they're just like, yeah, the movie's looking good. We're going to be having it out in a few years. And he, he's just like, wait, wh- what What movie? Exactly. Like, I drink a lot, so I'm thinking, like, maybe I should start writing stories. Maybe they'll be turned into motion pictures. I don't know. But, yeah, so there you go. He was a drunk, and he didn't remember writing this whole, you know, no- fucking novel that um, tons of people have read. But you don't remember writing this? Okay. Jesus. Uh, uh, my next good is, you know, for the most part, the uh, the tension. Mm-hmm. When, you know, they're, they're stuck in the car. And every time they try to get out, that fucking dog is just there. He's got nothing better to do than eat your ass up. That's right. So... And when you don't see him, then it's even scarier because then you're just like, where the fuck is he? Is he under the, is he under the car? Like, am I going to look around and think it's safe? I open up the door and he's just like waiting under there to bite my Achilles tendon. Yeah, he was really good at hiding. That's the thing. You never saw him. And then all of a sudden he attacked. Like you didn't, you had no idea where he was at. I was like, yeah. she, she even looked under the car at one scene. She's like looking under the car and it's like, oh, oh, he's he's gone. Um, No, that's like a what? What would you say? 80 pound dog? That dog was huge. Yeah, don't look under the car for him. Nah, don't look under the car. That's just the same as not going up the stairs when you should be running down them. You know what I mean? Like, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like just the tension and the isolation. (laughs) Like, uh, although, conversely, like, this entire movie could have been solved with a cell phone. Mm, yeah, they didn't you, have you, cell phones in 83, but, you know. you just be like, hey, Sheriff, there's a rabid dog here. And then they would bring a crew that's, that's you know, well, hopefully the police would bring a crew that's trained to de-escalate a, mm-hmm. a situation with, uh, with a rabid animal and not just bring out the SWAT team. I mean, either way would be fine, but... I mean, they could have just shot him with, like, a tranquilizer or something, right? If they had an actual, uh, if they called someone, like, animal control, they would have shot him. The, the dog would have been, okay, he wouldn't have been able to attack everybody. He would have been fine. Like, there you go, end of movie. 
Yeah, so they definitely wouldn't. Uh, it, it's just like this dog is just like almost every episode of Seinfeld, and that a cell phone would have just resolved <laughs> it instantly. Right? Fucking technology. Fuck, I hate technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's ruining. It's ruining played out plots and comedy bits. It is for remember sure. Remember all the things. Remember all the times where you were stuck and you couldn't talk to anybody. That's what a story was made out of, and everyone was just like. Yeah, hi, I'm being attacked by a rabid dog. Okay, we'll be there in 20 minutes. Yeah, or you could page them, but then they, like, still wouldn't show up in time. And they didn't even have pagers then, I don't believe, in 83. So you're uh, basically a 90s fucked. thing, as far as I know. Yeah, I had one. Anyways, that's a different story. Like, it, it gets punctuated at the end when the mother gets attacked, and then, like, the kid's screaming, she's panicking, and then the camera starts spinning around, panning inside the car. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, it's not just like the tension, it's also like the exhaustion and the mania. Because like, you're at wit's end now, like, will I fucking get out of here? Am I just going to die here? Like, who's going to die first, me or the dog? Or my kid? No. I didn't like that. You talking about that whole scene where they're like, it's going in like a circle motion? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It starts off good, then it gets a little like, okay, now you're just like moving the camera so fast, everything, it looks like a tie yes. dog shirt, but. It's stupid. I, di- I didn't understand that part. To me, another unnecessary part in the film, but you do you, whatever. It got, it it got, to, it got unnecessary. Like, it's it's a good that kind of like, sp- <laughs> that's spoiled halfway through. But exactly. it started off good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm almost done. How about you? Um, I have one more good. All right. Okay, so my last good would be when Donna, this is a spoiler, obviously, she stabs Cujo and then kills his rabid ass with a gun. To me, I was like, oh, she's the hero, right? Because (laughs) she's done all these horrible things. Like, she's fucking stepped outside her marriage, but it's like she defeats Cujo, finally. Yeah, it's it's like it's like good bookends with a bad middle. Yeah, but my thing, like I thought, like I was rooting for her because it's like she's just trying to save her son. That's all she's trying to do, right? She's trying. She's trying to get him out of the car. It's like we we've got to. He's dying. (laughs) Like he's as we know, he fucking shows that he's dying. And I thought, well, finally, like, she gets out of the car, and she's been bitten, and she still kicks Cujo's ass. We'll get more on that, but, it, like, that part is good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to contest that, although there is, like, a bad part around that, which we mm. will get to. Okay, okay. But uh, my last good is the, uh, the new commercial for, like, the Raspberry Poisonos, or whatever the cereal is called. Like oh, Red Zingers or something. Yeah, Red Zinger or something like that, yeah. Where the guy is eating each bite and he's just like, mm, yeah, that's fine. That's good. Now he's taking another <laughs> bite. That's also good. I feel fine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's nope, like- I'm not I'm not poisoned here. <laughs> nope, <laughs> next bite. Still not poisoned. <laughs> and and the people are watching this in the motel, like, we paid money for this fucking trash. Yeah, that was so stupid. That was like, when I was watching it, and and not have seen it, I haven't watched it in forever. And so I was like, what the fuck? Like, what kind of fucking info commercials are these? Like, this is fucking ridiculous. This guy's like, mmm, these are really tasty. But it's like, 
You're killing everybody with the cereal. <laughs> Why are you not dead yet? But I think stupid. they were like, I think they were like trying to say like, oh, we got the new dough. We 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 have the new coloring in our cereal. That's definitely not going to kill you. Oh God! Well, good luck with that. I wouldn't eat that cereal anyway. I don't like cereal, so. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're trying to get like Professor Raspberry or whatever the fuck his name is, Professor Singer, to like make like an apology while still eating bad cereal. And he's just like, no, this is totally good. We fixed it. Yeah, you're fine. You won't die. At least you won't die immediately. You'll die like later on, but you won't die right then while you're eating the cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So my next... Yeah, that's it. That's all my bad. That's all my goods. Yep, me too. So now we'll get to the bad and uh, we'll let you start. What is your first bad? All right. So my first bad, obviously, uh, is Donna having an affair with a family friend and his name is Steve. Like, what the fuck is your problem, bitch? Seriously, you have to think about this. It's like she has like this beautiful home. As you see in the movie, their house is really nice. But yet, she's not satisfied. Let's fuck the best friend. Because why wouldn't we? You got, you got you got Greg Brady, but you gotta but that's not enough. You gotta get fucking Barry Gibb, <sighs> Chuck Mangione, Chuck Norris. You need some of that so bad of that white boy brown beard action going on. So bad. I hated that. Like like and I will say too, an unnecessary plot. In the movie, because to me, when you watch the movie in its entirety, you don't really need the affair. It does nope. nothing for the movie, but it pissed me off. Because yeah, it's she, like... She's not isolated with the kid because of the affair. No. She is going to get the fucking car fixed. So it, the affair exactly. meant nothing. And it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> even at the end, like the, uh, the, the 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 guy she cheats with, he, he comes by later... <clears throat> He grabs a knife and you think, oh, he's going to show up, you know, you know, threatening to kill her or something, but he's going to get attacked by the dog, maybe even accident, maybe even kill the dog uh, or at least like provide a distraction while she runs away. And then like she finds a knife on his dead body and, you know, he ends up saving her accidentally. Like you keep thinking at some point he's going to fucking matter. He doesn't matter. Is going to matter. (laughs) But he like disappears after that. There's like no, you don't see he him again. He gets arrested. He gets arrested for trashing the house mm-hmm. off screen. They don't find him like going up to the nope. farm. Like even then, even if you wanted to give like a like a bit of a a red herring or something, you could have him like finding a note saying like we're going to the um, well. She wouldn't leave a note because he's not there to read it. Yeah, but you think he'd be like going up to the mechanics to come after her. Then the cops arrest him. So nobody ends up going to the mechanics place because, you know, they arrested him. So they got to bring him in. So he yeah. ends up being a distraction. So now she's isolated even longer. Like do something that makes this matter. Yeah, but she didn't. All she did was have sex with this bearded fucking Guido. Like I don't ugh, barf. Bar. I know. It's like he better be a damn good lay because he's got a fucking bad personality. Yeah, he's a fucking psycho. But we'll get into that later. But yeah, he's a he's fucking crazy for sure. Yeah, 
I mean, like, my first bat was, uh, if somebody woke me up with a trombone, I would smother them with it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think I put that in my notes somewhere, but that's, I, that was a stupid, that was another scene that I'm like, okay, so you're having an affair with this guy, and, like, the scene that shows that you're having an affair with this guy, he pulls out a trombone, like, like, it's just laying beside his bed, like, he has it ready, right? (laughs) <laughs> oh, let me wake you up, ho. Like, what the fuck is happening? He's not even playing, like, a song. He just, like, blares a note into it just to wake her exactly. up and then he starts chuckling. Like. And then she's dressed like fucking Blanche from Golden Girls. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why is she wearing a gown? Well, I to thought- thank him. She's doing it to thank him for being a friend with benefits. Uh, well, I thought they just smashed. So it's like, why wouldn't she be half naked? And I don't know if that's like a whole thing with her maybe not wanting to show like nudity. Because, you know, some actresses or actors, they won't. They're not for the being nude on camera. But it's like this bitch had a moo-moo on. A moo-moo. That's what <laughs> we call it. Well, did D show the double D's in any other movie? I don't recall. So it must have been a no nudity clause then. Yeah, she probably didn't want to show her tits. Damn it. (laughs) That would have been more interesting. Our loss. (laughs) So what's your next bad? All right, so my next bad, again, deals with Donna. Uh, So she (laughs) shows up. To Steve's house. Steve is the guy that she's having the affair with. And to me, I'm like, okay, you couldn't have just called him, but she shows up to his house and she tells him that she can't see him anymore. Okay. Because obviously she knows that having this affair is awful and she can't do this. But the way that she leaves, she just like blows him a kiss. Like, I can't do this anymore. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I think she's trying to be like what we had was special, but it it, it ran its course. I don't. Like, I like don't. Trying mm, to be like we must go our separate ways, but I will think of you fondly. But you blew him a kiss as if he like, and you could tell that he wasn't for it. Like you could tell that he was like, I'm not dealing with this. Like, bitch, you're gonna be mine. <laughs> he looked like it at first, where he's just like, well, okay, it's a, that's how you feel, and I'm just like, wait a second, is Stephen King writing a? A man who's actually, like, competent and emotionally stable? This has to be a for. Oh, no, he's chasing under the car to choke her out. Nope. <laughs> this is Stephen King. I feel like I could have wrote this movie for Stephen King because it. I'll be honest with you. Like, if for anyone that's seen the actual film, it does kind of jump all over the place. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really make any sense to make the whole uh, film. Like, if you were trying to make a film about a rabbit dog that has rabies... I feel like you don't need to necessarily add in an affair in this whole, like, serial conspiracy bullshit. To me, it should be more focused on the fact that there's this dog that is rabbit and it's trapping this, you know, mother and child into this car. And I would have gone a different direction with it, but that's just me. Sorry, Stephen yeah. King. You, you think that if you really wanted to you know, make this dog imposing. It should have been a dog that like gets taken out hunting. So it's a dog that, and you can demonstrate the beginning of the movie where the dog is like leading an animal into a trap 
so that uh, you know its owner can hunt it or shoot it or let the uh, the human chase it into a place where the dog will finish it off. Like exactly, like you begin the movie by showing that the dog has like you know he's loyal. He can be violent, but you know out of loyalty to his master and his family. Like he only does it to put food on the table or to uh, yeah, you know, to to do what they to do what they uh, that they ask of him, and then he uses those tactics later on in the movie when he's rabid. So it's like the uh, everything they trained him to be is now being turned against them. Like follow Cujo more, make it about him. Exactly like, for half mm-hmm. the movie or two thirds of the movie, it ain't even about him. No, it's not. It's like they put in this whole affair and then you put in this whole serial conspiracy and then you kind of get lost from the actual like point of the movie. The movie is about Cujo getting rabies, <laughs> not about Dee Wallace opening up her cat so a trombone player can put his notes in there. No, <laughs> like, come on, oh. come on. Man, if anybody woke me up with a fucking trumpet, I'd be shoving that trombone slide up their ass. Oh my god, I fucking hate being woken up. Oh, oh. He would be dead. Like, affair over, bitch. Affair over. <laughs> uh, my, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the serial subplot later, because that okay. that's a thing. But for now, my next good is uh, the fucking Camber family. Nobody fucking notices or cares that <laughs> Cujo has a chunk of his nose missing. He came mm-hmm. home. It wasn't like the bat barely bit him, like a little nick, and then by the time he got home, like it uh, it healed over. That would have made some fucking sense if he goes home and his nose is bleeding. By the time he gets back, he's just got like a little scab there. Exactly. And, like nobody would notice it over a black nose. They'd be fine. But he's got like a fucking gouge in there. Like someone just like jammed their thumb into his nose and pulled it out. Like half his nose is missing. Like, the top half of it is missing. It's, like, chunked out. Like, those bats out. didn't bite him. They fucking ate him. And I know. Nobody says, oh, Cujo, what the hell happened to you? Like, I, I, I'm going to go, like, n- nobody even acknowledges it, like, tries to, like, wash it, disinfect it, or take him to the uh, to the vet to get checked up on. Again, this movie would have been fucking solved for, even forget the absence of a cell phone, this would have been solved if this family had any fucking care for this poor, beautiful creature. Yeah, they didn't, I mean, though. If they took him to the vet, they would have been like, listen, he has rabies. Uh, say your goodbyes before it gets worse, but I, I have to put him down. And then Cujo would just be like a nice, sad movie where, like, you know, the it's like Old Yeller, but, you know, yeah, taking care exactly. of properly rather than making a 10-year-old a shoot a boy, shoot a dog. Yeah, I was going to go with the old yeller thing, but, you know. Yeah, and also this would have been fine if this family ever took him to get his fucking shots in the first place. But they didn't because that dog just stayed outside the whole time. If you notice that, it's like that at the, even at the beginning, the dog was like running around in the fields and chasing rabbits. But I guess like that's what dogs do. <laughs> I don't know. No, nobody ever takes him to get his shots taken care of. Like nobody, nobody cares about this dog's health. They just leave him to his own devices because, like, it's like they tolerate his presence more, like, care about his well-being. Yeah, I think that the son was the only one that really kind of cared about the dog. But even then, he didn't show much concern <laughs> for he the actual. He mentioned it, like, Cujo was growling. And none of it was just like, oh, we should probably get him looked at. 
No, the father is just like, oh, okay, fuck it. Yeah, well, the fucking dad's a dick, so we know this. Yeah, so what's your next bad? All right, so my next bad is when Donna, you know, she tries to start the car again. Jesus Christ. All right, it starts up, and you see that Cujo's watching them, and then she says, fuck you, dog. But then guess what? The car fucking dies immediately. <laughs> is that bad, or is that like karma? It's like, karma. oh. Karma. Exactly, but it was so funny because it was like, I hated this scene because she finally gets it to start. It's like, oh, okay, we can get out of here. I can get my son some help. Like, we can get the fuck out of the situation. No, she fucking stops the car to look at the dog to insult the dog. Like, the dog had something to say back to her. Like, what was Cujo going to say? Fuck you too, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> the dog wasn't going to say anything. And so, mm -hmm. why didn't you just speed off? I would have sped off. I would have ran over everything. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, my next, uh, my next bet is, fuck! I hate this mechanic. <laughs> like he's roughing up his wife at dinner. She says I won the lottery. Well, first, like the son says, like I, uh, like he's pissed off because he, because there's an engine hoist. Mm-hmm. In the in in the barn, and he's upset about having, you know, the proper tool to do his to do his job, his business. Yeah. yeah. And the son's like, "Yeah, I got it for you know, I got it for the shop." And he's like, "We can't afford that." And I'm just <sighs> like, "Well, you know what? If you do business with that fucking thing, it will pay for itself." Like, that's what you fucking do with a business. You don't just, like... Exactly. Have no, you don't just, like, have no supplies and expect to get anything done. That's why there were all those cars in, the dry, in like, his land. There was, like, <laughs> all these, like, like broken-out cars. I turn the lug nuts. I turn the lug nuts on the tire, <laughs> but the car won't start. The engine won't turn. I don't fucking know what happens. Like, and they're like, why don't you fix the engine? Like, I, I took out the spark plugs. What do you want? To actually examine the engine, but that thing's really heavy. And then that's when he just fucking stopped. That's the thing. <laughs> the engine's too heavy for me like to pick up like, and, and look at. <laughs> He's over it. He didn't care. He's like, hmm, I fix things that only re require a screwdriver. It's like, oh, I fixed this. And it's like, you didn't fix anything because there's like 10 cars in your fucking driveway. If I have to pull anything out of the car, it's a write-off. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then when the wife talks about winning the lottery he doesn't even fucking smile or anything she just like, he doesn't gives him, give like, a shit he says like thank you as if it's just like he's taking the money mm -mm. bitch and no then mm -mm. he's smoking with Gary and he's talking about hitting up broads and ba hitting up broads and taking in baseball like broads baseball and beer and he doesn't want to do it alone. So I'm just like, oh, so you're going to take your wife's lottery earnings and fuck around on her. Like, like can Stephen King not write absolutely deplorable people? Like, do they have to be like mustache twirling villains? <sighs> like I said, he was super drunk. He was an alcoholic during this. And I can see why he doesn't remember writing this novel. 
Like I can, I can see, you know, like obviously he wrote the novel and then they did an adaptation of the movie, but it's like, dude, were you like, were you just on alcohol? Because alcohol's never made me this crazy. Like it's never made me to the point to where I'd like come up with a story that makes literally no fucking sense at all. <laughs> so what's your next bad? All right, so this is kind of my last bad. It's also a bad slash what the fuck moment. But um, all right, so Steve shows up to tell Donna about the new table. Remember, Steve shows up and he's like, oh, we've got your table done. And this part is so fucking cringy because, you know, she ended the affair with him. But he fucking basically sexually assaults her. And he starts to grab her and kiss her all aggressively. I'm like, what Like, what the fuck did you not get out of her telling you, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, we can't have this affair anymore. This is wrong. This is bad. And children, PSA, this is why you don't have affairs. This is why you don't do it. Because you could end up fucking around with a Ted Bundy-like, and he was crazy. Like, he basically, like, pushed her up against the wall and, like, is forcing himself on her. And I hated that. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. My, uh, now we can finally get to the serial subplot, because this should should have been its own movie. (laughs) Or, or at least if you wanted to make it relevant to the fucking movie, make it about like, you know, yeah. like dog food that's tainted and like somehow gives rabies. <sighs> yes. And then like the the guy would be like, listen, instead of recalling it, let's just like silently like stop, you know, get rid of the contamination. And then exactly like and then he's responsible for this bad batch of food mm-hmm. getting into the town. Uh, the local dog pound gets a bad mm-hmm. dose. They all escape. We get basically like like horror version of Jumanji. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes, very much. But instead, he has to go on a uh, he has to go on a on a business retreat or something to discuss. It's not even like they're an advertising agency. They're yeah. not the company. They're not the ones that should be on high alert with this shit. They should just be like, "Wow, your brand is radioactive because you got found like with poison food dye." So, you know what? We'll just have to represent. We'll just have to work for other companies. But they're like kissing ass trying to be like, how can we salvage the cereal company's reputation? So Mm. it's like, this this is something that could be solved in a business meeting on a conference call. It's like the company president is just lonely. And and wants to like have the district managers come over because he he's just bored and he just wants to meet them because, you know, phone calls are just so impersonal. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I get the whole Michael Scott thing going on in there <laughs> for anybody that watches The Office, right? But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I get it that they didn't want to lose this account. So you're sitting here saying like they could have just done this and they could have just done that, but they didn't want this account must have been a really big contributor. So they were like, we have to do what we have to do to save it. But at what cost? Because now your wife and child are getting mauled by Cujo. But he didn't know that. But still, it's like you left everything. Like, he's like, oh, I'll be gone for 10 days. 10 fucking days? <laughs> 
to, to fix this shit? Quit putting the red dye in there. That's all you got to do. Stop making the cereal like garbage, and then everybody won't have internal bleeding and be dying. There you go. Finn. <laughs> ah, so what is your next bad? That was actually my last bad. Ah, well, we yeah. got a little bit. To, we got a little bit to go here. So yeah, all aboard! All aboard the hate train! <laughs> all aboard! <laughs> uh, Stephen King. Uh, yeah, we already mm. talked about him writing abusive husbands and rapists in his yep. novels. Uh, my next bad. We don't even get to see the shitty father die. He throws up a table. Then Kudra runs around it. Then it cuts out. Like this guy's been such a fucking asshole. Yep. I want to see him bleed. Nope, you don't. Like, come on. Like, you're denying us some fucking karma. But I, that was the thing with this movie. There's not a lot of gore in it, obviously. And even in the few kill scenes that they do, they're not very in-depth. They don't... Gary's mm -hmm. Gary's was the, like, to me, the most in-depth one because... It was. He, he only killed, like, what, two people that we saw? Oh, the uh, cop. Well, he killed... Okay, so he killed Gary... Then he killed, I guess, Joe. And then mm -hmm. he killed the cop, I'm assuming. The cop, but the cop had it coming. I'm sorry. That cop was fucking dumb. Like, you got a gun. Like, just fucking use it. Like, he never, he's like, oh, let me try to climb climb to the very top. What the fuck are you doing? And he yeah. kept falling. Yeah, because he's not even like, if you think, oh, he's going to climb to the top rafter so that he can, like, get an aerial shot. No, because he dropped his gun. And two, he's so fucking mm -hmm. fat and stupid, he doesn't <laughs> even get on the rafter. Exactly. He basically grabs the top of the rafter like he's starting a chin-up mm -hmm. and never gets his chin-up. Oh, my God. He's, it, th that was so stupid. And then the dog just eventually figures out how to climb up the, the shit to knock him off of it. And then, like, I think at one point, like, actually give him a Kali Ma. Like, doesn't he but, do that to the fucking cop? Like, he just, like, straight up bites him in the chest and you yeah. see like, blood on his face. And I'm like, did he just, like, eat his heart? That's the thing. Like, how? Uh, okay. So, the dog, I, I get it that he has rabies. So, obviously, he's disturbed and the dog is freaking out. But you're a human, so you should be able to figure out that you need to get away from the dog. Like, the dog can only go up so high. The dog cannot climb up to the fucking top of that shit. But this cop is like, oh, let me dangle from this fucking two-by-four that's made out of fucking plastic because he just, he keeps falling. Well, he deserved it. Sorry. Bye, cop. You're stupid. <laughs> uh, bad cops, bad cops. <laughs> Yep. So I guess like the only kill that was, well, we're not at that point yet, but uh, yeah, like, so, I mean, the cop was kind of a gory kill. Mm -hmm. And like, did we get to see the doctor bite him, get some blood? We get to see G uh, Gary get bitten. Yeah. Real good. Like we get to see like fucking teeth and claw yes. marks in his body. So yes. that one was good. Yes. But the father, like the one guy you want to see him get it the most and you don't even get it nope, at all. No, you see nothing. It's just like you see you see him laying down on the ground. You see kind of Cujo over him and that's it. Like that, you don't see anything. Yep, you you don't get to know it. You don't get your release. Oh well, fuck him. And uh, my next bad, 
uh, I know he's scared and terrified, but that fucking kid screaming is not helping anybody. <laughs> I knew you were going to talk about the screaming. <laughs> oh, I God. mean, he's like howling in his mom's ear. Yes. It's like whenever a kid does that to like even near me, it's bad enough. But if they're like in oh. the ear and they scream, it physically hurts. Like that much sound <sighs> so blasting bad. your eardrum hurts. So bad. So bad. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, we get that you're scared, right? But, like, this kid overacted again. We've had this before with D. Wallace and Critters. <laughs> you're overacting. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, you can be like, you can be like, like, upset. But yes. when you're just, like, emitting a constant hateful tone oh god i hated it i hated it it's like this kid is somehow managed to be even more annoying than baby mario when oh, when, when you when you when you lose him oh so so annoying like i hated that i mean i guess kudos to him being um able to portray those emotions because being like he was like six years old when he did this movie so this was his first you know first movie but still, like, I don't know. I, it's kind of like, how would you react in that situation? But I don't know that I'd sit there and scream constantly to make the dog get even more aggressive. Like, the dog is feeding off of these sounds. Like, you're screaming and you're just making the dog attack more intense. That's my thing. Yeah, I mean, you think she would just be like, listen, you're setting <laughs> off the dog. And eventually, you're going to set off me. Shut the fuck up. And you're in the car with me, so think about it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Don't don't reduce your list of allies. <laughs> uh, my next bad is a mom gets out of the car, but doesn't instantly make a beeline towards the bat she found on the ground. She just decides to stretch her legs like she forgot about Dre. <laughs> Well, she, she looks, you know. like she looks around and just like, uh, like she does a seventh inning stretch. <laughs> and I'm just like, you have not seen this dog die or collapse in front of you. No. Fucking be aware that he is out there. Run towards the weapon. Yeah, exactly. I know she like stops to like, look. she does like a perimeter sweep of the car. It's like, if that <laughs> dog was anywhere near you. He would have fucking started growling or scratching or coming towards you. Exactly. Use your fucking ears. He's not under the car. Quit checking your undercarriage. Yeah. That. Well, whatever. I, I just assume that she was just like in the mindset of like, I have to escape this. I've got to find a way to. I think the whole point was that she was trying to get inside the house. They're, they had a phone, and so she needed to call for help. Well, yeah. But she also saw the bat first, so you think you would run to the bat, secure the weapon, then you can make sure the dog's not around you as well, you she's get not the kid. She's not the brightest Christian in the Bible, okay? <laughs> she's not. She's not. <laughs> Obviously. She had an affair. Do you think she's that smart? No. Uh and I think my final bat is uh, when the like <laughs> right immediately afterwards, after this failed perimeter sweep, the dog fucking just pounces on her, mauls the f mauls the fuck out of her. Yes. And 
then we see like her, her like spending the night in the car. She's all fucked up. She's wrecked as shit. And the next night she wakes up. Blood and bruises are no longer on her face as if she fucking healed up like Wolverine. Like yep. she just sweated the blood out. Movie magic. Movie magic. It's like they temporarily forgot, oh, wait, wait, we have to keep her hot. Like she has to be distressed, but she still has to be fuckable. Yeah, she looked pretty good, though. That's the thing. Like, she was very cute. I did not like her haircut because um, I'm channeling the Brady Bunch meets, like, a pixie cut meets a mullet. I'm not sure what's going on. I didn't like it. <laughs> they could have done. Well, they could have done something different with her hair. Come on now. She, she was. She was married to Greg Brady, so of course she had to be like <laughs> Mrs. Brady. <laughs> he does kind of look like Greg Brady. <laughs> Honestly, he does. <laughs> oh God. So I think I'm out of bads. Okay. Uh, what about what the fuck? You got any? Oh, I got some. All right. So my first what the fuck moment is. Ah, Jesus Christ. Steve wakes Donna up by playing the trombone. Okay, <laughs> I'm just going to say, what a way to wake up from an affair. Like, if I'm having an affair with you, or regardless of an affair, if I'm like sleeping in the bed with you, if you pull out a trombone, you're dead. You're deader than Cujo. Like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? what was the point of that? It got on my nerves. It was like, Oh, let me play this really shitty note. And it startled her, and she woke up, so, like, I don't know. I fucking, that was stupid. Pointless part of the movie again. <laughs> uh, my first what the fuck is, why did they bring the car into the mechanic for the first time when we see it giving so much trouble, it's knocking, rocking back and forth, the next day like it's the reason that they go back mm -hmm. like why the fuck were the why did they bring the car in the first time yeah. either the guy fixed it or like what, what did he was just giving them an estimate like what did he fix that didn't get detected or checked the next time like this was in like a day or two afterwards yeah i don't i i feel like they couldn't fix that car because it was such a piece of shit <laughs> but that was just yeah. me. But yeah, they didn't really, like you said, they didn't fix it. It was like, oh, let's take it here. But we do nothing about it. And it's still a piece of shit the next day or the it's next couple like, of days. It's just like the affair. It was simply there to have people do something while waiting for the actual movie to start. Yeah. Like all they did was like they introduced the family to Cujo. But it's not like Cujo knowing them comes into play later like he's attacking anybody that shows up exactly so there's no need for them to be like oh hey Kujo, it's w what happened to you boy like you've changed since i last saw you you know yesterday <laughs> for the exactly. first time exactly and you're like is this Kujo or carjo come on <laughs> i hate that car <laughs> like it's such a piece of shit like anyway we'll get into that later but yeah it that car is a piece of shit. Uh, so what's your next uh, what the fuck? All right. So my next what the fuck is, um, all right. So the dad, Vic, 
So, you know, he helped, I, I say he helped with this whole invention of, what was it, Sharp Cereals? I think that was the name of it, right? I think it was their client. Like, they just came to them for marketing. So, like, okay. they handled the commercials and shit. Well, we're just going to say Sharp Cereals for reference because I don't really know. It's fucking ridiculous. Don't ever, don't ever <laughs> name something Sharp if it goes right. inside children's mouths. <laughs> that, that's fucking awful. But I have to say, like, it, it was so stupid because it was like, he helped basically, like, market this cereal, okay? And it's causing internal bleeding and sickness. It's like, yeah, they, it's I, like the bad, uh, the, it's the dye. The dye is causing, like, intestinal or, like, uh, gastrointestinal distress. Exactly. But, like, he wasn't that concerned with it either. It's like when they find out, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, shit, we just have to fix this. Like, your cereal is killing children. You're not that worried about it? Okay. It's not like fucking Wheat Thins or, you know, some kind of, what? It, what is it, uh, Wheaties or whatever. It's like, you're oh, literally yeah. killing now people. Now I remember. The red dye made it appear as if they were throwing up blood. Mm. So it only made them look That's like they what were it was. But still it was making them sick. Nonetheless, I think it was still making them sick and of course like the news people go in there and they make it seem like it's way worse than it is. But Yeah, it's still making them throw up. It's just they're throwing up red dye and they're not actually throwing up blood, but they're still throwing up. Yeah, that's like don't eat that cereal. At I least people at least people can keep down Captain Crunch now. That is sharp cereal. That shit will ruin the roof of your mouth. Children, beware, because that cereal is dangerous. Tastes be more good, worried about that. Oh, I love it. I love the Crunch Berries. Do you think maybe, like, Captain Crunch cereal was, like, a metaphor for, you know, preparing children for relationships? Or at mm. least, like, toxic ones. Like the, the, like, the ones that will just feel so good... Mm -hmm. And, like, just make you feel so gratified will end up hurting you. That's true. I think so. Because it's, it's really just true. Like, listen, or it's, it's made by a bitter man who's like, listen, you got to put up with the pain for the good stuff. It's like, to him, all relationships have that much pain in them. Well, but it's like, listen, you put up with it. Well, you do. You do put up with a lot of shit during a relationship. But, um... I'd rather just eat the Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. It tastes better. Uh, my next, uh, my next, what the fuck is the kid's seizure? Mm -hmm. well, I don't know what the fuck this is, and neither neither does the mom. This is new to her. It's not like the kid has a history of seizures because she tries to fish out his throat, Ooh. like either yeah. he's vomiting. Or get like try to clear his airway. She's trying, and he ends up biting her because like his jaw is like seizing. And I was just like, "Is this kid suffering lockjaw, like tetanus? Is, did he somehow get tetanus instead of rabies?" <laughs> and she's the one that got bit. And, yeah. And I think all I could come up with is that like being a Stephen King movie, he suddenly got The Shining, and he got a vision of his mom getting tromboned on the bed. Okay, so that whole scene It happened with, to Danny. Well, it did. Danny got, Danny got his shining and he went into seizures, so that oh, happened to this God. kid too. 
Fucking goddamn this kid. But that whole scene, but just saying that whole scene where she's like, you know, when he starts convulsing or he starts having these like, oh, I can't breathe all of a sudden. Like, does he have asthma? We don't, we don't know. Well, she doesn't either because if he did, if he did, you think she'd go, she'd be digging in her purse for his inhaler or trying to be like, okay, listen, remember the exercise as a doctor. She does not, like, this is a new thing. Yeah, like, but she doesn't know how to handle it. She doesn't, but also in that scene though, so when she puts his puts her fingers into his mouth at he one bites point, her, which is funny. Yes, he bites her, but that's actually true. Her reaction was true. That was not like a oh, let's pretend no, she he actually well, he accidentally bit her like a couple of times. So her reaction was <laughs> real. It was like, I would have slapped the shit out of that kid. Like, if you bite me, <laughs> Like, I get it. He was six, and he was that's, that was his first movie, but he bit her ass. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Like, what was he? Was he allergic to bees? Was this Thomas J? I don't know what the fuck was happening. I have Does no dehydration idea. Dehydration cause seizures? Because you could see his lips were all cracked and dry. So, I know. They're, they're trying to tell you, like, oh, he's dehydrated. I. Get that, but that would usually make you like lethargic, not like shaking around or like. <gasps> yeah, I know exactly. So he had these seizures, so but it never indicated in the movie beforehand that he had a medical condition that would cause him to have seizures. So you're just like, does well was he really that dehydrated? It's there's there's too many plot holes. Yeah. Too many plot well, holes. You know what? I I think. This is proof that Stephen King does not do a fucking ounce of research. No, he because he, was drunk. he thinks dehydration <laughs> dehydration causes hyperventilation, and True. and look at Cujo. He thinks that rabies causes eye pus. Yeah, that doesn't because you know your facts. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I mean, when an animal has rabies, they'll either become slow, lethargic, and paralyzed. Or they'll be, like, twisting around. They'll be hallucinating. They will be... Like, this dog just seemed angry. And for some reason, like, he had, like, pus eyes. Which, you know, I've seen pus eyes in cats. So, you know, animals get colds. But it's like, this this dog just got, like, the the, the biggest man cold ever. This is ridiculous. And pink eye. Yeah, like, I don't think that Stephen King's, in like, his vision for the movie, obviously, like, he wrote the novel, but then, like, when they adapted it to the movie, it was like, well, we have to take this novel to try to make it into a movie and make it make sense, and then throw all this extra bullshit in there that could have been totally avoided. There was no need, like, again, for the affair, for the... For the cereal, for for the seizures? Like, I I don't know. It was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. I mean, wouldn't that be fucking something if he goes to, if the father went out to handle, like, the, the red dye, and then he gets a call from the company? Oh, by the way, they also cause the seizures. Well, that and would make sense. At then, least that would then, make sense. Then he'd be like, fuck, I gotta get home and throw out the cereal box, because, you know... You know, working for the company, they gave me a fucking lifetime supply of this exactly. shit. Exactly. You know, I need he was to eating it. Out of my house. That's why the father comes home because he has to be a responsible father and protect his kid mm. from his company's work. Make his job tie into the fucking story. Exactly, and it didn't. None of it made any sense in 
theory. Like, the whole movie makes absolutely no sense to me. It really doesn't. It's just like, I get the whole point with, you know, them being trapped in the car. Okay, I get that. Like, you wouldn't want to get out of your car if there was this huge dog. But, mm, It's mm. a great premise, but everything else around it that makes it a movie is Mm -hmm. misfiring. Exactly. I agree. And my final what the fuck was when the husband gets home and his house has turned into a chicken coop. (laughs) (laughs) Because there are feathers all over, like up the stairs on the floor leading to the bedroom. The bedroom is covered in white. It looks like a fucking porn set for like a, a, a lesbian. It looks like a lesbian pillow fight happened. Oh, God. Slumber Party Massacre. (laughs) (laughs) And we see the pillows and the blanket on the bed. The pillows are full. Like, they're they're puffed up. They're not empty. So where the fuck did the feathers come from? What's missing all this? I don't know. it, It just spontaneously generated feathers. And then when the cops show up, we see like a mountain of feathers somehow that they're laying the photos on top of to like piece together like the guy's like has been cutting up photos and basically he pulled like a fucking bitch fit. Like, he did. He, he just he just turned into a fucking bitch and just sliced up pictures. Oh, I don't know if he went if he dumped if he went and dumped feathers in from a fucking farm that he visited because he didn't get them from the pillows or the blanket. No, not from, like, two pillows. Like, there's no fucking way. Like, if I had feather pillows right now, I would cut them open to test that. It's not (laughs) going to happen. It's not going to happen. Not that many. And, and like, even if there was, like, a few feathers, that's fine. But it is, like, you cannot see the floor for all these feathers. Everywhere. You think the mattress would, like, do mattresses have feathers? No, they have, like, foam and they have box springs inside them. Exactly. So like this there is, is no there's no place where these amount of feathers came from. It's no. And then the big mountain of feathers, I just thought like this is gonna be the next creature feature. This is the fluff. <laughs> I'd watch it though. I'd watch it. <laughs> it would probably be terrible, worse. but I'd watch it anyway. Exactly. I've seen worse, so it better plot line than maybe this movie at this point. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any more what the fucks? All right, so I have one more. Um, actually, I had two more, but it's kind of funny because you basically just went into one of my what the fuck moments where the whole, you know, he comes and destroys all their pillows and all that kind of shit. So I'll do my last one where um, the car, okay? They're in the car. And basically, to me, this car is made of like nothing because. Cujo's ripping the door handles off, and he's <laughs> he's crushing it like it's a Tonka toy. He's like he, batter- he he's battering the door with his head. Exactly. Like what kind of like would you want to put your children in that? You get into a car wreck. Oh, if you hit a twig, you're dead. You're dead. Well, it is a Pinto. No, I, I mean, never I, had I, one. But I'm I'm just impressed that he didn't like <laughs> run into the back and then blow it up. I know, and it's like he jumped on the window, right? There's a scene where she has the window rolled like about a quarter of the way down. He's like, you know, trying to get into it. She's trying to roll it up. But the whole time you can see that it's shaking, right? Like this, it just doesn't seem realistic to me. 
It's like, this car was a piece of shit. Don't even get it fixed. Joe's not going to fix it anymore because he's fucking dead. Like, and he, does, he, didn't, he didn't even unwrap his engine hoist. Exactly. Like, he's not going to fix your fucking car and you need to throw the whole car away. Maybe throw your son away with it while you're there. <laughs> you know, you, you, could, you could take the Campbell boy, the Camber boy. Like, he could use some decent parents. He needs something. I like him, though. You know that's a uh, I mean, Billy... He, he doesn't have a father to, to bring money into the home. He doesn't have his dog anymore. This kid's going to have a... Fu- this kid's coming home to a fucking rough time. Yeah, but that but his mom won the lottery, okay? And that's actually... What is it? As uh, Okay, so his name is not Billy in the movie, but is it Billy Jacoby or Jacoby? I, I never know how to say the last name. Jacoby, I would think, maybe? Jacoby, maybe. Okay, so he's in Night of the Demons Part 2. He actually plays in that movie. He's also in uh, Just One of the Guys, if you've ever seen that. Oh, yeah, Billy movie. Jane is his uh his, Yeah, his that's name, like though. his like pseudo name or whatever, so whatever. I like him. We're actually friends on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> Ridiculous. Man, he hasn't acted recently. Uh, honey, he hasn't acted in a long time. If I put out Cujo, I mean He was on the Bernie Mac show, Cold Case Open Border, United States of Terror. Okay, so I think he was in Night of the Demons, too. Maybe. I hope I'm not doing the wrong person. Maybe. Uh, that would be in the 90s. His, his biggest thing was when he played Mickey Randall on uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose from oh, 1999 God. to 1993. That was his big, was his big work. Every, uh, he, was, he, uh, he did a voice on Extreme Ghostbusters. Oh, God. When did Night of the Demons 2 come out? I see Silver Spoons. Oh wait! You know what? He has a brother. He has a brother. Um. Oh, oh speaking God. of, he was on an episode of The Golden Girls in 1985. Yes, yes, and he was also in. No, let's see. He was in just one of the guys. He was in Tales from the Dark Side, 1984. Uh huh. Oh my God! He has a brother. What's his fucking brother's name? Anyways, it's totally irrelevant. Oh, wait. Here we go. Billy Jacoby? We're just going to say Jacoby. I might be totally wrong. Um, what the actual fuck? Oh, he was, in a t- he was in the Bad News Bears TV series. Fun enough about this guy. Yeah, anyway, somebody cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so that's it for my what the fox. So I guess I'll take it to the kill of the week. All right. I think it goes without saying due to the uh, bad sample size. Where the the good kill by default was the first one. Because Cujo just fucking ripped through that guy's throat like it was his front door. Yes. Love it. I mean, it would have been great if we saw the father down like that. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. So what about you? What's your kill? All right. So we're going to be one in one on that because my favorite kill scene, uh, kill scene of the week was also Gary, you know, Joe's friend. Um, He gets him right in the neck. Like you can see that he's like attacking his neck and 
Uh, you see him convulsing and shaking, and I just felt like the buildup to that kill was so good. <laughs> it was good. Like he, he yeah, he's choking on blood. Plus, his his esophagus is being clamped down. Exactly. By a fucking Saint Bernard. Exactly. <laughs> when you say Saint Bernard, it makes him be like, oh. That's nothing. But this St. Bernard did not have time to play. And yeah, that was my favorite kill scene. Favorite of the three. Yeah. I guess you would say three. Yeah. Whenever you uh, think about like a St. Bernard, you always think about Beethoven. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I actually have like a slightly earlier references for a St. Bernard. There was a show on YTV called Doghouse. Okay. And it was uh, basically the plot was... A policeman and his canine partner are uh, in an accident, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the man dies. But his dog—it's—it's uh, it's fucking magic. It's magic electricity because the dog now has his consciousness. Oh God, Jesus! I didn't see that. So, Wait a minute. How old are you? I'm—I'm I'm born in 1980. Okay, so you're—I'm um, 83. But I didn't see that show. It, uh, I don't know if it aired in America. I know it was on YTV. Mm-hmm. And, yep, it aired uh, just 1990 to 1991. So either one or two, uh, I think one season, 26 episodes. Okay. It starred uh, James Wolvet as Richie. And he's been in things like uh, Unforgiven, that movie, mm-hmm. Jag. Mm-hmm. So he's been in a few things, but uh, yeah, the dog is—he's uh, just—he's uh, like a talking Saint Bernard in that movie, and his name is Digby. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, the opening title, if you can find it, is—it's uh, like very quaint and like sitcommy. Uh huh. But it's a. Uh, it basically ends with like Digby's in the doghouse, and then you hear like a saxophone, like bah, 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 bah. oh god. So the guy, so it's basically a dog living with his sister-in-law, like helping her raises his nephews while, you know, just being a dog. So you know, I definitely didn't see that. So that must have been a Canadian. Like I'm just saying, like that. I I don't ever recall even hearing of that. So yeah, it is. Not there's I can't even find a picture for it on uh, on IMDb. Not even like some cover art or God. anything. Is that good or bad? <laughs> I don't <What>? even know. <laughs> oh, it says oh. like yeah, uh, country Canada. So it was a Canadian sitcom. Exactly. So that's why I didn't see it because I'm not in Canada. Canadian oh. ham. I'd have to see if this is available somewhere because it. Uh, I'd have to see if it holds up. I guarantee it doesn't because again, no, I would have been sure. ten when this came out. But yeah, I know the idea of a former cop slash present dog <laughs> is a uh, <laughs> is something. It sounds so that, awful. That was. <laughs> hey, ten-year-old Mike loved it. So that's okay. So that is, uh, that's about it. Oh, one more thing, the rating. And as for uh, me, I'm going to give this three bowls of tainted cereal dye out of five. Because <laughs> is, is, 
there are it's like the very core essence of the movie is handled fairly okay like mm-hmm. like a three out of four for that like like 75 percent of the core is good but like nearly a hundred percent of everything around the core is pointless distraction filler and doesn't serve the plot at all it only pads out the length because yeah if, if you talk about like it's like what's the point of cujo uh, a mother and her child are isolated in a car while a rabid dog taunts them. Yeah. That's about maybe 30, 35, 40, 35 minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not much of the movie at all. It's like the last part of the movie, barely. Yeah, not even 35. I was being generous. It's like 25 to 20, 20 to 25 minutes. Yep. Of it is the actual essence of the movie. So that's hard to, it's hard to really make peace with. It is. I don't. So mm. how about you? What's your rating? All right. So I also give this three out of five mangy St. Bernard's. <laughs> because kind of the same reason as you, I felt like, okay, the whole affair thing made no sense to me in the movie. It, it, it really didn't bring anything to the film. And the cereal thing, like, I get it. Like, okay, we had to have something to, like, I feel like that's just a filler. The affair and the cereal thing is just a filler in the movie. Because apparently Stephen King was on the juice and he's, like, all over the place. But but the thing is, is the context of the movie is about a dog that has killer rabies that's trying to, you know kill this mother and her child. But instead of making it about that, we have all this bullshit at the beginning that's like, oh, I had an affair. My car doesn't work. And I just, honestly, there are so many other ways I would have went with it. But that's my rating. It's not a terrible movie. Um, Definitely worth at least a watch. Yeah. I will say that. Like, it, it's not something that I would be like, oh, my God, go out and buy the DVD. But no, like, at least watch it once so you can say that you watched it. There you go. So you can remember, oh, yeah, that yeah. one part of the movie was good. Yeah, like, in the ending. Oh, my God, Mike, the ending. I didn't get into this, but, and I should have put it into my bads. But the ending is fucking stupid. Oh, that's right. I forgot one more bad. Yeah. Like, like you were talking about how she, she fights Cujo and then exactly. she shoots Cujo. But in the middle is the one long ass bad. Because she grabs the cop's gun. Mm-hmm. She looks at Cujo. And instead of shooting him just to be on the safe side after you stabbed him with a baseball bat. Exactly. With, with, with the handle of a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Shoot the fucking dog. Double tap. You shoot the fucking dog in the head. Just so you can say, now I can safely turn my back and attend to my son without distractions. Exactly. And then she takes the gun and she starts like banging it. Two hand, like it's a pistol. And she's like two handing the pistol, which is fucking stupid looking. Mm-hmm. And tapping the, uh, the, the window of yeah. the car. Because she can't open it and the kid's incapacitated. Yet I would just like, I have a gun. Shoot the fucking window out. 
And she could have just pushed the fucking window that was halfway down because apparently Cujo was able to, like, make it rattle. So what, like... Why not go oh, ahead and remember? knock out the window? Yeah, remember he shattered one of the windows? He turned it into exactly. like Exactly. Why not hit that ju- one? Hit yeah. that one. One hit time. One. No, she's tapping one the time. rear windshield, which is which is intact. So Exactly. And she and does it, it like a million times. It inexplicably shatters after oh, she like she basically like Captain Kirk's the gun against oh, the God. windshield. It's so terrible. Stupid. Like this is supposed to be the moment of triumph where everything is like this is the payoff, and it's so much eye rolling garbage. And then she finally takes the boy into the house, mm-hmm. and she starts cupping water because I figure <laughs> she like because he, he's having a dehydration seizure. Yeah. So because that exists, maybe exactly possibly. I don't think it exists. <laughs> so she starts cupping her hands. And pouring water into his mouth. And you see blood, like, pulling out of his mouth because her hands are loaded with blood. Because this uh-huh. dog's been mauling the fuck out of her. Exactly. She doesn't wash her hands. No soap. No nothing. Nope. She just gets that rabies blood water right ugh. into her son. And, the, and oh, God. Her mouth to mouth. Like, You're going to fucking murder. And then mouth to mouth, which isn't even, like, breath in. It's like she's just trying to, like... She's blowing him out like a balloon. She's <laughs> like, what are you doing? Son. Like, okay, and then he just, he comes back to life. Okay, thank God, whatever. He comes back to life so he can cry some more because that's all he did. Uh, but and the husband, God. the husband shows up and she just like hands it to him and. Yeah, like, uh, take your child. I'm tired of him. Like, he calls me to get bitten by a dog with rabies, and he had five seizures in the car. Like, I'm that, the one. I'm uh, the one that got bit like six times God, in, in, in six places. But he's the one that had seizures. The ending is fucking stupid. Cause like that music plays, and it's just like she looks at him, and that's it. There's no explanation. There's no. Watching them go to, like, maybe have the ambulance come. Nothing. Yeah, here, call an ambulance, get him a bite to eat. I have been, I've been holding in a shit for the last three days. Right? Just, she never help, pissed. Help me out. She yeah. never went to the bathroom, but he did, you know, because there's a scene where he pisses, and she's like, okay, I'm not, I'm just going to open the door up, and you see that he's peeing. You don't see I'm, her, you don't see her sticking her bum out the window. No, God. Damn it, the ending of that movie is so stupid. Stephen I, King. I mean, I don't need to see the pee, but, you know, you could have a scene where you get to see her, like, you know, pr- pressing her ham up against the window and, like, rolling you, it down to, like, stick stick the booty out. It just wasn't, then, it wasn't realistic in that aspect. Because I'm sorry, but, like, I don't you've know. You've been trapped in a car for three days. Not only do you have to take a wicked pee, you got to poop. You probably have to take a shit, unless you're irregular. <laughs> I mean, like, that's how it should have ended. She hands him off. All right, I have to drop a deuce. Like, this is, like, I've been holding in for three days. It's probably going to be a trio. Like, whatever it is, I just got to <laughs> fucking go. She's going to shit out a whole St. Bernard. Like, basically. <laughs> like, here's Cujo's brother. Because he bitter. I so. basically have to give birth another. I have to give birth one more time. Oh, God, Jesus. I don't know. Anyway, the movie's not that bad. Obviously, for for everybody that will listen... The movie is worth a watch. Um, it's despite not terrible. All despite all we've said. 
It's not great, barely good, but it's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's just, it's 1983. Stephen King was fucked up. And Stephen King he, hadn't opened up a medical book at this point. No, like, he did not. De- dehydration seizures and uh, rabid eye pus. Those are maybe things to him. They're I think definitely that was not just, to me. I think that was just for the effects of the movie, to be honest with you. Because like, if you read the book, and I would suggest that you, if you like to read, Mike, that you read the novel. The novel is obviously a tad, it's a tad different. Uh, Tad, as in, that's his name, Tad. But uh, it is different because he ends up dying at the end. So, like, you don't have this happy ending of she saves her son and she defeats the dog and the husband comes. No, like, he actually dies at the end. But what that him? makes more sense. Uh, dehydration. Okay. Dehydration. Yep. It's only been, like, three days. Can't you survive 14 days without water? I don't fucking no, wait. know. It's 14 days without food. Food. You can, I think th- after like three days, you can die. Plus he was like six. So yeah. it would make sense that he maybe would die before an adult. But either way, like Stephen King ended it more on this macabre way. But then in the movie, it's like, we can't end it like this. We have to have this fucked up happy ending. But I don't like the ending because it fucking stupid it pisses me off because there's nothing it's like he shows up the end the end like credits even, roll even better the mother the mother's wounded she has to, in order to keep her kid from getting dehydrated she has to feed him her blood because it's all that's in the car My and then God, by the time do it's done something drink the pee like i don't know <laughs> like people but, people say that you can do that drink the piss by the time it's done you know the kid's a vampire it, you think it's a rabid dog movie, and then by the time it's ended, like the kid survives, but now he's drinking too much of his mom's blood, and now he's a vampire. It's like 1983 Twilight. <laughs> That's what he looked like. Like, seriously. Baby oh, Edgar. Oh, God, please. Uh, he wasn't well. sparkling. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, that's our review. We hope, you, we hope that you had a great time listening to us as... Hopefully a better time listening to us than we had watching this movie. That's true. Uh, so, Heather, where can people find you? All right, guys. You guys can find me on Instagram under Wednesday Wine and Horror. Uh, on Facebook under Heather Silman. Do not send me a friend request if you're looking to get rabies or anything like that. You know, I don't, I don't have time for that. Plus, I'm not a dog. But seriously... Follow me. Follow, follow Mike. That's, that, that's, no, seriously. Like, come on. Like, we don't have time for this shit. Don't send me some Bitcoin bullshit. Follow us. There you go. I said what I said. If, if you want to send us Bitcoin, just, you know, tell us how that shit works. We'll take yeah. it. We don't, we don't know what we're going to do with it. Yeah, but, we don't you know, know, you know, we'll take it. Yeah, let's figure it out. We'll figure that. I'm gonna Google that shit later. And hopefully, you won't be like D. Wallace after three days <laughs> trying to make some shit coin. <laughs> exactly. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm Heather. And thank you for joining us on the Graveyard Shift. 
The Graveyard Shift is a Strange Biscuits production. Visit our website at strangebiscuits.com slash graveyardshift to hear all of our previous episodes. Subscribe to us, rate, and review us on CastBox, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't forget to check out our Instagram at The Graveyard Shift Pod, as well as our Facebook at The Graveyard Shift Pod. Our Twitter is GS underscore Horror Pod, and if you wish to support the show financially, visit us at patreon.com slash graveyard. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show and get bonus content. The theme for The Graveyard Shift is As Brutal As It Ever Was by Technoaxe. Visit their website at technoaxe.com and their YouTube channel for more royalty-free music. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay spooky. Ha 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 